Where has your anxiety level been regarding this current election season? I've been the most anxious I've ever been, but also the most excited I've ever been. Yeah, I would. I so, so as we're recording this, we don't know how the elections are turning out today. When many of folks listen to this, they may already have some idea. But my word to those who are feeling some election anxiety is live in hope, but keep the bourbon handy. Yes. Hogan's been hitting the sauce. Here's me, man. Welcome to episode 241 of Pup Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. On today's episode, the Reverends Ogan Holder, Shannon Weston, and yours truly, Brian Burkoff, discuss and engage what's happening through a theological lens with a good brew in hand. And that good brew might be one of these Pup Theology pint glasses, which... Mine's already mine's already full. It'll make sense when we get to when we get to what we're drinking. <laughs> but you can get one of these when you become a patron, a subscriber on patreon.com slash bt live. Start at seven dollars a month. You will get access to more pre and post-show banter. Uh like today's conversation where uh, Shannon is talking about all the, uh, the 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 fun stuff around packing up and, and leaving. Um, and 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 what that looks like, and uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go from there. Also, I'm not mad at climate change right now, but again, that's a that's a pre-show discussion. I said it out. I said it out loud. Don't hate me. Not supposed to say those things out loud. <laughs> no, I said just... the quiet part of it. <laughs> <laughs> but you can you can get more content, more content at Patreon.com/slash/PTLive. And as always, thank you to our current patrons. Today we'll be discussing Christmas music, election anxiety, voting as prayer, and making space for deconstruction. Uh, so what are we drinking today, fellas? I actually, I'll start. I don't usually start, but mine's very not fun. So I have a Starbucks iced coffee here. I even tried to get a little fancier, like something, and they couldn't do half-calf in it. So I was like, fuck it. So <laughs> my nice. regular half-calf iced coffee with uh, 2% milk and six pumps classic syrup. Oh, six. Wow. <laughs> I know. Don't you Seems have that sweet. meeting later? Are you going to be so bouncing off the wall? She's going to be flying. No, it's half cap. <laughs> the sugar, plus, the pumps. Plus the with sugar. time change, like with the time change, I am like, I'm asleep at like eight these days. So like, yes. I've got to oh, okay. wake real. myself up. There's that. That's real. Um, my, my drinks are connected to our first two questions around um, Christmas music and anxiety. Um, I'm starting early on my eggnog. Wow. I actually have eggnog. And and the good stuff too, not that not that like you know stuff that's full of corn syrup, not the cheap stuff I buy. No, 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 man. <laughs> this this stuff this stuff is direct. I say, from that's the, a real orange color eggnog. Like that. Well, it's, those are happy it's, chickens that made that. It's orange because of the <laughs> bourbon that I put in. Oh, it. yes. Okay. Because it's election day, and I may or may not be a little stressed. So some wow. contradiction contradiction bourbon in with my. Uh, with my eggnog it's the season bourbon. yep that is what it's Brian, called <laughs> maybe i'll go get some redemption bourbon been laboring her <laughs> you know yeah brian what are you drinking so i have got uh some spicy tamarind vodka oh wow smirnoff we are uh, hard liquor in it today we are we are going <laughs> election day <laughs> This is Mexico's favorite tangy, sweet, and spicy flavor. If you've ever had like tamarind candy, much like myself, it is so good. Go. But it's and, very and, and red like you too. Tangy, sweet, and spicy. That's what they call <laughs> and red and red. Don't the red it's very part. powerful. So I'm I'm um, tapering it a bit with or mixing it with Italian sparkling water and a dash of lime. So oh, wow. I, I love tamarind. One of my favorite uh, Barbados snacks is they call it a tamarind ball. It's basically you take tamarind and you, you, you roll it in brown sugar. Like that's, that's the whole thing. You take the fruit, wow. you roll it in brown sugar. There you go. That's a lot right there. 
<laughs> you know, sweet, all the sweet and all the tangy all at once. Love it. That sounds awesome. Yes. That sounds fantastic. On to today's topics. Well, it is, uh, we're past Halloween. It's election day. We're into November. So in your view, when is the right time to start listening to Christmas music? Uh, day after Thanksgiving. So I agree with that, but I have decided in the last few years that um, my that is that is what works for me. But that if you need a little joy in your life before <laughs> the day after Thanksgiving, please listen to Christmas music if that makes if, you happy. <laughs> if you need a little joy in your life tomorrow. Right after election day, go for it. I mean, if Ogan can drink eggnog, you can listen to Christmas yep. music. That's what there I'm you saying. go. So that's very gracious, Shannon. So you're kind of like you're not one of these uh, Christmas music Grinches. I was, I very much was. That was that was the way I lived my life. But okay. I am older now. I am wiser now, and I have decided that that. Um, well, so here's are what you, happened. Wait, are you okay. wiser? Or are you just more tired and being real careful about which battles you're picking? Yes. Well, there's that, but there's also this like, we have real things to argue over. I don't want to argue over this. Mm -hmm. Like, um, now if you get me started on like how to take eggs out of an egg carton, what's the proper way to do that? I may fight you on that one. But nonetheless, like there is uh, yeah, it's a whole thing in our house. Because if you don't do it right, then it's tip, then it's not balanced, and all the eggs end up on the floor, and it pisses me off. Oh, anyway, yes. I see. oh okay, I got you. So you got to take you. them from the outsides and balance it in and, the middle. And, so when you grab it, yes. it's balanced when you pull it out of the fridge. Yep. Pro tip, everybody. Yep. Or, or anyway, take or them from or, the middle, but one leave side. them equally on the outside. Doesn't matter. Balance just, it. That's what yeah. you got to do. You got to balance it. But if you take them all from one side, then I go to pick it up, and it goes, and they all fall on the floor. Who's got egg on their face? And then who's got egg on the floor? <laughs> Pub Theology Live solving all the real world problems. Yeah. Come anyway, back, come back again, next week for more kitchen tips from Shannon. Yeah. No, I have a bunch. <laughs> She's got more. I've got more. Of course, of course okay. So, but what about, so you don't prefer Christmas music, either of you this early, but like, what about, and, and you can't control what's happening at the store, but what about in your home or with family or roommates or, or whatever, how, how much are you going to lay down the law? Like we have to wait till after Thanksgiving. That's, that's why the, that's why they sell those like noise reduction headphones. <laughs> I was gonna say my kids all have uh have headphones. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah we yeah, really yeah. do live in a we we can all live in our own world. Exactly. So I have, we, are, so we already do. It's election day. Have you not been paying attention? So our younger our younger son. Let me let me tell this. Our younger son has ADHD, and and whether it's his personality or whether it's a function of part of his ADHD, is that he is a rule follower because he has found that rules help him out like very well. And so he very much gets upset because he feels that there is a rule about these things that Christmas isn't until basically December or after Thanksgiving. He has compromised to after Thanksgiving and that he feels that that should be a rule and, and that that serves the greater good by being a rule. And I, again, tend like I tend to agree with him, like we should have structure and rules and this is what makes society works. But you know what, if, so I will admit that I used to listen to Christmas music if when, this is the first year I haven't, when I'm planning Advent in October and November, because I needed to mm. push, you know, I needed to do the work mm -hmm. ahead of time. So I needed to mentally get into that space. Gotcha. So I would break the rules in warmer months. So what about the sort of uh, the church folks who say, well, it's actually Advent music until oh, screw them. December 25. <laughs> and then we have 12 days of Christmas and then you can listen to Christmas music. Um, how many days of work you got left? Shannon? <laughs> well, I have 12 days of work left. Um, no, my comment is that means we get to, that means we get to sing Christmas music one Sunday, maybe two. And like, nobody's here on those Sundays anyway. And yeah, and, and no one like the Advent songs don't get anyone going. Like, let's be. I like comfort, comfort you, my people. 
Oh, come the, down long, expected Jesus. We or no, I'm um, sorry. What's come on, come Emmanuel? That one we like. Yeah, there's a few good ones, but there's it's like, like two. But there's a there's trillion like good Christmas songs. Yes. Well, that might be overstating, but there are many more. No, there's a trillion, and most of them are by Mariah Carey. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Actually, I don't nice. like any of hers, but nonetheless, you get the idea. Like, whoa, 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 whoa! No, most shots, of most of the. Please don't make me listen to this. Our Mar- Mariah Carey Christmas songs. Oh, no. Wow! And I have, timeless. I have a timeless. I have one downloaded on my phone because um, years ago, like probably ten. No, it was because I was in New York. My friend is a joke. Like sent us Mariah Carey's Christmas albums like to our phones, digital music. So I technically own one because she is a joke. Sent them out to. All of oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Back when you bought music and like sent it to people, you know. Yes. Anyway, I, okay. I I highly recommend this is this is an old one, good one. Um, Handel's Messiah, but done the soulful celebration version. So yeah. it's 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 all the Handel Messiah uh, pieces that are set to the various Black American music um, styles. Oh, interesting. So starting starting with uh um you know um. What do you call it? Uh, like feel songs and, and gospel songs, and mm-hmm. and going all the way up to pop and hip hop. Um, um, I think produced by Quincy Jones. Um, it's been around for a very very long time, but it is perhaps mm-hmm. I think the best version of Handel's Messiah, maybe with the exception of Handel's version himself, but probably better than that. Yeah, sorry, um, Handel. And, and that one I that one I play every year. All right, the week after Thanksgiving, our opening question needs to be: What's our favorite? Christmas album. There we go. All right. I'm I'm marking it now. There we go. Great. Favorite Christmas. Stay tuned, friends. Favorite Christmas album coming up (laughs) after Thanksgiving. Well, in less uh, contentious or less stressful news, it is election day while we're (laughs) recording this. Where has your anxiety level been regarding this current election season? Um, I would say I've I've for the first time been at both ends of the spectrum i've been the most anxious i've ever been but also the most excited i've ever been because because you know the the general trend is you know whoever's held the white house the opposite party comes up in the midterms and yeah so why are you excited well because (laughs) because again leading up to this moment leading up to this moment it's really the 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 dialogue, the narrative, the polls have been like, well, this might be different. Now things have things have gotten real close, um, yeah. and in some places, you know, the Republicans have taken the lead, and other places, Democrats have been holding strong and taking the lead. So nobody really knows what's going to happen. Like, yes. I, it feels you like know a what I'm saying? huge wild card election. Exactly. So that so that excites me because it could go either way. The anxiety is that it could go the way it always goes. And then we have these Republican nut jobs in charge. And and yeah. then life becomes, you know, demonstrably harder for a yeah. whole lot of people, you know, when all these votes are done, are done tallies. And there isn't enough eggnog for all that. You, uh, bourbon eggnog. <laughs> Fuck eggnog. <laughs> There's not a bourbon for all of this, right? Now, what? what oh, it's does, been hitting the sauce. <laughs> seriously, man. What? What? What does bring me hope? However, again, is I always gotta take a step back and take the long view, yeah. and remember that you know if history teaches us anything and has taught us anything is that over time we tend to get better, but sometimes it's gonna be so much worse before it gets better so we might be at one of those pivotal it's gonna get really bad points um and is it not there no it's not it's not there yet because i mean i know it can get worse but like this is this yes it got pretty bad this year it is pretty bad now but that but it got as bad as it did without them being in control yeah (laughs) it's Um, it's the point i'm making Shana, where are you on the stress level this this time? So um, I say this lovingly, but my parents just left after a week of being here. And my parents live in Arizona where 
the races are extremely contentious and there is a very real possibility that the craziest Trumpers that are beyond Trump himself will yeah. take over their state, mm-hmm. right? And and have already, right? I mean, the, the person running who will be in charge of elections is a right. election denier, blah, 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 right? Like, like Arizona is wacko in their political climate. And so I was, I live in a state where the opposite is true, right? Where like there's a Trumper running for governor and he will maybe crack 30% of the vote, like maybe, you know. And, but and there's more sanity just, in your state on both sides of the aisle. On both sides of the aisle, right? Yes, like like ex- with the exception of that one candidate, the Republican candidates are pretty sane people, right. you know, pro-choice and, you know, they're endorsed by, you know, blah, blah, blah. You get the idea. But so I I don't live in a state where I'm bombarded with ads. Um, Derek's been a little anxious because, you know, he's from Pennsylvania and they've got the Fetterman, Dr. Oz issue thing going on. I'm getting those ads in Michigan. (laughs) I know. Right. And so, so, but, but my, I watched my father who's 73. I mean, my father has always been political and he was always a Republican growing up, but he has now completely switched sides because he just cannot stand Trump and all that he did to my father's beloved Republican party. Yeah. Um, Thank you, dad. And right. No, great. But he is obsessed and it's really hard to watch. Like it's really hard because he couldn't stop talking about it. Right. He was so anxious about it and he couldn't stop talking about it. So I was really okay until this week. And, and I'm really watching this kind of deterioration of quality of life almost. Yes. Um, now my father has a great quality of life. I'm not trying to say that, but like, you know, no, but how much you're taking on in your but how much you're, I mean, how much this is really an affecting a person who has like a really great life, who is retired, who has enough money to do base, you know, just travel and do whatever he wants enjoy to do retirement. And, and enjoy retirement. And this is really eating at him. Yeah. And so it's really, it's hard. And so I, I guess that's where my anxiety is. I'm more seeing that, um, Mm. you know, bigger view of how this is really, how the stress of this is affecting us. So, so I'm going to ask this and I don't know if you can say or not, is, is he, is he voting blue or is he just abstaining? Oh no, he's very much voting blue. He's got Republicans for Biden, you know, signs in his yard, um, which keep getting stolen. And of course, um, (laughs) well, people want to spread the good news. (laughs) <laughs> well that's sure it. let's go with so, that <laughs> when they i mean this was two years ago he put a republican for, you know for biden sign and they brought him two when he and he goes oh i only ordered one and they go no one's going to be stolen so we, brought, <laughs> oh, we, we bring you two <laughs> um you know but he, i mean this again he's he's always been very very political but no mm. he is voting um and it's always instilled mm. in us a very strong civic duty you know, we drug our kids out today to go to the polls and Maggie's like, why are we going? And I'm like, it's your, to instill in you a sense of civic duty. And she's like, I already know I'm going to vote. Like, I already know. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Come on, we're all yeah. going. <laughs> yeah. Watch me fill out this scan sheet, you know. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, nothing, nothing, nothing like getting your kids to not do something than telling them they have to do it. So, so ease up, ease up on that whole, like dragging them to the polls thing. I'm just saying. I don't know. They, you know, can I, can I, can I give a shame? Can I, can I give a little (laughs) plug for uh, a workshop that I'm doing? Um, My day, my, my day job um, is um, outfit called Project Sanctus and we are an anti-racism education platform. And we specifically, you know, have our conversations around Mm -hmm. like churches, spiritual communities, all that sort of thing. We have a workshop coming up called talking to your people. And the whole premise of the workshop is we know that regardless of what the election outcomes are going to be, especially if, you know, Republicans win, there's going to be a lot of awkward conversations happening at some people's like uh, Thanksgiving tables, yeah. uh, Christmas tables and stuff. And like church, it's already been, hour. yeah, it's already been awkward. It's, it's only going to get worse. Yeah, so, you know, worse. what, how, how do you navigate these conversations? What are the skill sets you need? So we have this workshop called Talking to Your People. 
It's going to be, uh, we offering it twice, November 19th and December 3rd on, on Saturday, Saturday mornings. And, and it's a whole thing about, you know, what do you need to do and know, prepare before you even have the conversation, while you're having the conversation, and after you have the conversation? Because mm-hmm. a lot of people just think in the moment, I'll know how to handle this, or I'm no. just going to shut down, yeah. right? And things spiral out of control. And it doesn't have to be a fight, doesn't have to be a battle, but you can still have a conversation. So I just want to plug that for people because. Yeah. Remind us how they can find it. Projectsanctus.com. There it is. There we go. So Um, Brian, I'm curious, given that you've, you know, I mean, I know that you have a different perspective after running, but do you feel like as each election cycle goes on, is there more anxiety, less anxiety? Or more gratitude that you're no longer in the shit show. <laughs> I will say my anxiety is way down compared to the last election. All it. <laughs> my name is not on the ballot. And you know what? I know there's important things at stake, but I did not have to run my butt off all day today trying to hustle for last minute votes. And I didn't have, I don't have to be stressing out tonight at a watch party to see how bad I'm going to get blown out. Um, you know, I just, I, you do know, you, I wonder, I'm curious, my stress you, levels down. Do you hear things differently? Do you listen to polls differently? Do you read articles differently? Like, I'm just curious. For sure. For sure. Do you I, view ads differently? I don't know. I am a hundred percent more cynical about the whole darn thing mm-hmm. because once you've been, you know, in the middle of the sausage making factory, you just, you see how the parties work and you see or don't work and you see how money just runs the whole thing and you see. So it's like before and after becoming before and after becoming a pastor, basically the same thing. Yeah. It's similar. I mean, it it just. It's all theory until you get your hands dirty. There you go. I don't know. I I mean, I'm grateful that there we need good people to run, but it's so hard and it takes such a toll and Such a toll. it was just yeah. too much for me to think about doing it again. And I'm grateful to not be in the middle of it. And I'm mindful of those who are. And right. certainly I'm, I'm, you know, advocating for people to vote for issues that align with my values. And, and I think many of our shared values, but I don't at all have the anxiety. And so even though I know there's a lot at stake and I'm kind of anxious to see how things turn out in my state and nationally, I, I have, I, I'm in a better place myself personally. Okay. You know, which is, is that selfish? I don't know, but it's where no, I, no, 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 that is, no. that is not selfish. Cause at the end of the day, it's who are you going to be for your family and your loved ones? Right. Yeah. That, that ultimately is the most important thing. If you lose your sanity over this, then everybody around you loses as well. Yeah. Um, and you, and you did, you did more than what most people would do. You actually, put some feet to your faith and decided to run for office. Right. So, you know, it's hard enough to get someone, a lot of folks nowadays just to vote. You, you actually ran for office. Right. So, so, so no, it is not selfish after doing that to say, you know what, I'm just going to go back to voting and keep my sanity and not lose my ever loving mind and not become someone that I don't even recognize because yeah. This game is insane. I love those countries in Europe where it's like, you know, no no campaign or political political ads till like two weeks before the election. Yes. Or, yeah. You so know, much stuff, 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 stuff like that. Absolutely. Keeps, you know, it's so toxic. And yeah. and the amount of money that you can that, that's being spent. I saw this graph compared to like, you know, from 20, was it from 2016? How much money has getting yep. pushed in? Well, that's I mean, that's part it's of insane. the no, that's part of the like, you know, it's like Trump's going to announce this week, you know, after the election that he's running. And I'm like, oh, my sweet Jesus, if we have to hear this for two years, you know, I know. like I know it, it just I, I can't I can't. It's too much. It's too much. So, well, you know, what what gives me hope with with that is yeah. that, you know, there's there are more and more reports of like, you know, he's been at rallies for other candidates running now. And like he'll get up there. Yeah, he's in Arizona for like an six hour, times. hour, hour, hour and a half. But then like 15, 20 minutes into his rambling, people are leaving. Yeah. Like they're, all about they're checking out. They've they they've heard it all before. He's still recycling the same nonsense. Right. And they are they're checking out. So I think, you know, I think uh, if he runs, you know, I think 
yes, you will have those crazy sycophants, but then you probably will have some people who are, again, I just got to vote Republican. But I think most people have kind of lost enthusiasm about him. He's not a novelty anymore. Yeah. I hope so. No doubt. So despite my cynicism, it is important that we vote, exercise our civic duty, and my cynicism gets put in proper context when I when I hear this a quote like we have here from Reverend Raphael Warnock, senator from Georgia, who's currently on the ballot in that state. And you may have seen this on memes, social media, et cetera. He says, I believe a vote is a kind of sacred prayer about the kind of world we want to live in. And I love that view of it. Like that gives me hope again about the process. Like that your vote is like a prayer. Like this is the kind of world I want to live in. Here are my values. So I'm going to put those at least in play in the public sphere by voting a certain way. And in light of that quote, which kind of makes this spiritual connection to voting, how much do you guys think churches should discuss voting and election related things? Well, a lot of churches are voting places. Polling places, right? Polling places, yeah. 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 Um, can I, but I, can I, can I real quick share, share my similar uh, related favorite uh, meme? A vote is not a Valentine. You aren't confessing your love from the candidate. It's a chess move for the world you want to live in. There you go. That's been making the rounds, and I, and I, and I love that. Sorry, go ahead. Well, and it's, it's what is was it mlk that you know justice is love in action you know this is mm-hmm. a cornell this west. is an act cornell west thank you um you know this is an action that we take that you know it's it's that it's what our friend hugh always says is that you know we pray to god and say god why didn't you do this and God comes down and says, well, why didn't you, you know, it's, that's what voting is. It's our, it's our way of saying, this is, we're shaping the world. We're shaping the world in which we want to live in. Um, And if we don't think we're shaping the world, then we're underestimating our power as Americans. (laughs) Yeah. And so Shannon, in your experience, like, you know, as a pastor and like how, how much should churches be talking about this? Like, yes, some are polling places, but that's one thing, but like, there's also like what happens on a Sunday morning or. Yeah. So I'll, I'll say it this way. Parishioners are talking about it. Mm. There's no question that they're talking about it. Mm -hmm. Do I give a list of who I'm voting for and encourage them to vote like I am from the pulpit? Absolutely not. I don't. Come on, Pastor Shannon. There are churches that do that. And I know what I think about those churches. Uh-huh. And and like who have political candidates come and speak, you know, which, by the way, is illegal. Um, they're mm-hmm. not allowed to campaign. And and there are well, lots of churches. I don't think it is illegal, well, actually. It is illegal no, it, for them to campaign. It is yeah. not illegal for them to speak. That part is different. Well, but that's super fuzzy. Like that is... Like it's I super spoke in a church fuzzy. only one time. And by the way, that's a tradition in the in African American churches. Yes, it's and that, very I spoke much at a, a black church that... in my district, and I didn't feel good about it. I'm like, I wouldn't do this in my own church, but they've invited me, so I'll. Well, so up. let me rephrase that. I had to check. We had a pancake breakfast in our church in New York, and there were people that were running for school board that wanted to come to our campaign breakfast, and oh. and I had to look up the rules about that. And so they were not technically, they were allowed to talk to people and tell people they were running, but they were not technically allowed to campaign in the church. There you go. And so, and, and I think in that's some where places, it gets super fuzzy. the rule is, is that you have to give the opportunity to, to all people running. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, sure. so if you're going to have, if you're going to have one person come speak at your church, you have to extend the invitation to the opposing yeah, at candidate um, at, at, at the, at the very minimum. But I so, think churches should do. Sorry, go ahead, Shannon. Finish. I was just wanting to get in, get getting back to the point of like, um, I would never do that. That to me is using my pulpit as a bully. That to me is um, what that would say to me as a preacher is, hey, congregation, if you disagree with me, um, 
you're not going to be able to, you know, you're not going to call me. I don't, I don't want you to call me. I don't want you to, I'm not here for everybody. I'm here for the people that agree with me. You can disagree with that statement. That's how I have taken the approach as a pastor. That being said, there is, my church knows exactly how I vote and how I stand on issues. And they're the ones talking about it in the back. I'm not bringing it up. They are. Now, when they bring it up to me, I engage in conversation. Uh, like, right. I don't ignore them. And you, know? you do enough in your life and preaching and activism that people have a sense of who Shannon is, the values you represent, and the values your church holds, frankly. And that doesn't that doesn't necessarily make it black and white for voting, but it certainly um, gives people a, a sense of direction. Well, and I will say that I am part of a denomination that is quite political. And I don't, I don't, I haven't always agreed with their stance, but I have, I am pretty much aligned with their stance now and can just point back to, well, the PCUSA recently read it, you know, wrote a document asking blah, blah, blah. Perfect. You know, I, so I have that cover, if you will, for lack of a better. No, I like that. You can say this isn't just me as a renegade pastor. Actually, right. we we're aligned with, we're a part of a broader body that holds this stance. Yeah, my my denomination supports the right of a woman's choice. I don't need to say, well, this is what I think, and my denomination supports that. Yeah. So I can I can put. I can point to that literature and say, this is the rationale, this is the understanding, and I can use it as a third party. So it's not my argument against their argument. I can yeah. say, this is what the church has said. Yeah, you know. for sure. And by the way, we have a proposal on the ballot in Michigan today, proposal three, about which preserves a lot of the rights in Roe versus Wade in our state. Yeah. And opponents to it, a lot of conservatives know they don't have a good case. And so they're, what they put on all their signs is, no on proposal three, too confusing, too extreme. And a lot of wow. us are like, if it's too confusing, then how do you know it's too extreme? Like you're not really <laughs> understanding it. So like it can't be too confusing and too extreme. And too extreme. The, it's the one confusion the is the confusion is extreme. That's that's the extreme they're but, referring to. But the they're confusion. trying to confuse people or just <laughs> oh, you know yes, so down so that people oh, I, don't know about it. I looked at my sample ballot today and I was like, yes to everything. Borrow all the money, fix all the schools, fix right. all the waterways. Yes, preserve Legalize the farmland. Pot. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Legalized pot was on our. We um, yeah, and we. So had Brian, if you'd like to visit next summer, oh, you know, let's do it. <laughs> Episode three hundred is going to be a doozy. Flying high, a doobie. Um, <laughs> boom! There you go. Nice blade. Um, I think churches should talk more about it because, yeah. basically, you know what what is what is our great um, invitation, right? Love, yeah. love your love your neighbor. How we vote is a way of demonstrating how we love our neighbor. How we sure. vote is is us declaring who our neighbor is 100%. and us looking out for them. So, so this is an extension. I was, you know, um, you you mentioned your denomination is politically active. I am in unity. We are the opposite. <laughs> we are, we are we are we we for decades have been so anti political and apolitical, which is crazy to me, right? It is right? it, it feels opposite of what you're about as a denomination. But here but here's here's why that's not crazy but be, because we've avoided the discussion our churches have generally been this place where people of all political spectrums can come and gather and we're not right. talking about politics. Right. So we can we can quote we can sort of like pretend to be engaged in spiritual community without talking what? about the things that that separate us right that was too and, much behind the the behind seriously the and <laughs> and i and i got myself in i chased off a lot of congregants in the last church i was in because i addressed these things right and people who were pretend to be community. there you go but were and, they like if hey if i wanted to be quaker i'd go be with the quakers you know <laughs> you know when you, which when by you, the way you, is the strangely and fascinatingly, better said than strange, is the most political denomination right. that I know of. Like the quiet, the, nice-tempered yes. Quakers are the ones because like, they, we right. shall overcome, you know, like out there. You're the damn street. right. 
<laughs> because they, they they get you can't you can't silo your your nope. political existence Ooh. from Absolutely. your spiritual and Christian existence. Yes. The, the, yep. One one supports one supports the other. So so unity is beginning slowly beginning to come around on this. Well, and to right. your point, Shannon, because the congregants are talking about it. Absolutely. And the congregants are asking their ministers, like, how, wh- what direction do I go here? Like, yeah. you know, I, I have a spiritual belief about the world I want to live in, yep. you know, so, so where do I vote? Who do I vote for? And of course you don't, you don't, you don't tell them. And, and what I've said to people is you find, you find the, you find the person whose platform is aligned with, what you want to experience. And if is a case of like, you know, all right, they, they don't succeed in primaries and they roll out. Don't take your ball and go home. Who's the right. next closest person work, right. work, keep working, but you have to vote. Like, I don't think anybody on this call was happy with voting for Biden, but yeah, but no. we realized it, it was, it was too important not to. Not right. Exactly. And, and this is where, and and Brian, I'm sure you serve a different congregation than I do. Um, but you know, the the take that same thing that I was just talking about with my dad and the way that he's feeling, you know, that's how I feel like a lot of my older congregants are feeling of like we we have we thought we were done with this conversation. You know, mm-hmm. we we did this work, right. we fought this fight, and not all of them are super liberal, but we're, we're left of center, you know, but like they're tired and they're, they're feeling like at the end of their life, all their life's work is slipping away. Mm, And that's, that's, so for me, that's where you get even more into, this isn't just some political issue that happens out there. You know, this is an an emotional crisis happening in people that are in their seventies and eighties, you know, who are going, Hey, I don't have a lot of time left. And this is the way I'm going to leave the world. I'm not okay with that. And, and, and we're at a time where again, anti-Semitism relatedly is mm-hmm. just out there. On the right. It's like, I mean, my, we fought right, this was the number war. one conversation. <laughs> the number right? one conversation with my father is ha- Trump, the, the parallels of Trumpism and Nazism. Like he's right. Yeah. Like that's the road he's on and the road he's down. And I'm like, you're not, wrong i just you're not you're not wrong and we fought a world war over this already you know it's his father that was in that war right exactly you get the idea yeah 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 Yeah. it is frustrating but but what i will say i do like we have a church meeting tonight which starts at six and we'll probably end around 7 30 and in all of at the end of all of my stuff has been Mm -hmm. it is election day polls close at eight o'clock so please Mm -hmm. vote before you get here Yes, technically, if you're in line at eight, but I can't guarantee that you'll be there at your polling yeah, yeah, place yeah. by eight o'clock. You know, so like there's that aspect of it. And don't let the church yeah. be the reason you didn't vote. Exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. We want to be the church to be the reason you did vote, you know. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And 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 a lot of this again is coming back to what we've talked about a lot, bad theology, right? When we have theology mm-hmm. that, that well, and more specific, I'll to, get on my false prophets soapbox, you know. There, there, there you go, right? That when you vote a certain vote in a certain way to uphold like really bad theological ideas, you know, that seek to strip the rights of people, that seek to try to follow biblical literalism. Um, and 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 escaping the context of things that 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 ignores biblical scholarship and it it's it's dangerous and it's and it's harmful and it's it's frankly sad uh, mm-hmm. to to watch churches being in scripture being used in in ways like this. Yeah. Yep. So we have a quote from one of the great preachers of our day, Reverend Dr. William Barber, who says, "Preachers don't get to stay out of politics." We, that is those of us who are clergy, are either chaplains of empire or prophets of God. Do you agree? And uh, if so, where have you seen this done well? And where have you seen this done poorly? Because I think we could all come up with a story or two of preachers who got involved with politics that makes us cringe. But he's saying we don't have a choice. We are involved. Are you throwing yourself under the bus? there or... <laughs> are we cringing at brian <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just checking hey i mean we literally just had a quote right before this of a pastor who is now a senator mm. you know yeah. um 
Well, no doubt, but 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 well, but how many I pastors think the greater, do we know who don't want to touch politics? With okay, so I, that that I think is the greater right. point. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so not I'm whether watching... or not we run for office; it's whether or not we talk about politics. Yes. So I'm watching on Hulu the the whole Jerry Falwell documentary oh, slash yeah, what's that called? Jerry Falwell Junior. Um, I'm putting the name. What is it? I need God to forbid. See that. It's called God forbid. God forbid. <sighs> Yes. And what and the title. whole I mean, the whole thing is around, you know, the sex scandal with him, wife of the pool boy. Oh um, and and again, listen, what consenting assault adults decide to do together, as long as nobody's being hurt, go for it. I'm not, you know, go for your threesomes, go for your cuckold situations, whatever. That's OK. But then a don't be preaching about sexual morality from your pulpit, mm-hmm. shaming others. That's not the point it was making. Again, his father, Jerry Falwell Sr., right, basically responsible for the, right. the moral majority, yes. right? Basically responsible for getting Reagan into power. Like, thanks, like Dad. That whole... What's that? Thanks, thanks Dad. Dad. Thanks, Dad. Yeah, clearly, <laughs> thanks, Dad. clearly that family wasn't screwed up at all. And e- exactly. Didn't pass exactly, on any kind of right? issues to that son at whatsoever. Mm. So, so that's a real example of of. I, I would say, you know, from our point of view, done poorly in terms of what it really, the, the, the harm that it wrought yeah. on, on so many people just trying to live their, their life. And, and then politics becomes this thing that is trying to enforce morality on people. And now it's, now it's come like to the extreme ends where you have people like, you know, the Lauren Boberts and the Marjorie Taylor Greens who are saying we should be Christian nationalists that the that the that the church should be the one who um, is in charge of the government like they've said these things out loud and you know but then on the other hand on or the same hand trying to argue like constitutional originalism which was very clear about the involvement of the church and and government so it's 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 I got, I got no, I got no words for it. It's insane. So where I, where, where I can get behind, I mean, I, I usually hesitate anything that has such a binary here, right? You're either chaplains of the empire or prophets of God, right? Like I usually, (laughs) and yet if you, if you are a preacher of the word, the word that is very clear of God, that um, there isn't anything Jesus did, really very, very little of his earthly ministry that was not political. And like, Preach. get that correctly, that everything he did was political, right? That's yes. the positive way of saying that. Yes. So if we think we can stand up there and read gospel, let alone scripture, all of scripture, I mean, all the, all the prophets literally are political, right? They're, they're political bodies. But if you really just want to focus on Jesus and Jesus ministry, everything he did was political. And so why do you think he talked about money so much? You know, this kind of idea. And, and it, and it is kind of a, you're either for us against thing, you know, you're either part of the economy of God or you're part of the economy of the, of the world. Which one are you going to be? You know, is it abundance or is it scarcity? Like what's going on here? Yeah, and those choices and, were pretty stark in Jesus' day. When you've got Rome, this like global power, you know, uh-huh. who's invaded and t- ruling over his people, who's occupying this land, yes. enslaving its people, yep. you know, put basically. Well, I mean, putting look, everybody look, into indentured servitude. Pretty much, most most of the biblical books were written or referred to a time. When the people were conquered by somebody else, right? Yeah. Right. The Egypt, the Egyptians, the Babylonians, the Romans, of of course everything was political when, because when they how, were ruling everything and it was going fine, they didn't need to write anything down. Exactly. I mean, let's just be honest. <laughs> Another <laughs> like great day, dear diary. <laughs> it was forty-two and sunny. <laughs> yeah, isn't this November weather great? Yeah. But 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 it's it's the point of the context of things, right? Because when when you read things through the lens of understanding that here's an occupied people yep. saying how how do we live yeah. in while under oppression? Of course, it's by nature political. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, you, you and that know, gives it so and, much more texture and richness yes. and teeth. Yes, 
So it's no wonder that, you know, as the world in which we live in goes by and we stand up and read lectionary, right? Which was chosen however long ago by a group of people. And it just, this scripture happens to come up on the Sunday. And then they're like, well, you're pre, you know, you chose that. And I'm like, I didn't choose anything, you know, like <clears throat> this is just the way scripture is. If you are hearing connections, I, there were so many times in Trump's hundred days because he was doing so much oh. anti-immigrant stuff. I mean, every week you were like, yes, guys, look it up. You that lectionary season was awesome. That lecture. <laughs> and I, and you didn't, you never had to mention Trump's name. You never had to right. mention the exact, like it wrote itself. Yes. Like it wrote itself that 100%. everything he was doing was anti-scripture. And nobody accused me of being political. Cause like you didn't hear one political word out of that you heard me preach scripture <laughs> like literally you folks the, the sunday after, is your it's, it's your scapegoat <laughs> the sunday no, after he was elected there was a text from matthew which talks about many false prophets will come in my name saying Absolutely. such and such and such do not and literally them. things that he had said i mean i'm not kidding right it was like word for word things that you were like guys i can't make this up right i can't i really i mean there was a week there was a week that I actually read the scripture and they looked at me and I said, somebody get out their phone and Google. <laughs> lectionary. <laughs> common lectionary. Yeah. And then, you know, March, blah, 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 whatever the date was. I said, Google it. You yeah. will find this text. I did not do it. On your, again, on, your they, power, on your PowerPoint, do you put like an asterisk with a little fine print? It's not me. It's lectionary. Well, Don't blame Pastor reason, Shannon. <laughs> and part of the reason why I why I pointed that out was because people were so depressed sure. during that mm -hmm. time. I mm -hmm. mean, people were really, really feeling hopeless. Wait, and, wait and till I, two days from now. Well, and I and I hey wanted to point. I I don't I don't know I don't know I'm not there right now. Let's honest. live in hope. <laughs> um, I still somehow even after 2016 I still have this collective. There's got to be some sort of collective unconscious that we're going to, you know, oh. I don't know. Listen, I, I, I still you know what gives me hope? hope I, I said this before. I'll say it again. Brazil gave me hope. The fact yeah. that they voted that Nimrod out of office gave me gave me hope. The fact For that sure. even here we voted Trump out of office, whether well, he wants to accept think, it or not. There's hope. I do think even the craziness that's going on in England is kind mm -hmm. of a... Right you know, of a like, hey. It's a bit of a referendum know. on the Brexit madness. <laughs> well, but there's, a, there's, I don't know that people really see, I don't know that people are like quite drawing the parallel of like, this is the kind of madness that could happen if these are the mm -hmm. people that stay in power, right. you know? Yeah. So let's go back to that more sane way of governing, which we've known forever and ever, which isn't right. great, but it's better than that is right you know or so. or or we blow the whole thing up and sorry that's bad choice of words or we remake the whole system oh, <laughs> not, not 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 sending out threats at the fbi we, i mean but if you remake the whole, you, but you've got to do that well they're trying i mean the issue is they're trying i just i want to get back to the system that was supposed to be in place that was originally not like necessarily founding fathers, but like the idea that there's this principle and then there's amendments that can be made to that. Yeah, and it's and, a representative democracy. And, and there's a representative democracy. And I mean, I'm okay with going back and saying, let's get rid of electoral college and stuff like yes. that. But, yes. but let's continue to, let's live further into the democratic yeah. republic, right? right? The fact let's, that we elect let's remember people to the Constitution. Yeah, so remember the Constitution is a living document, not a mummified, like yes, archaic. Right. And that know, the Second Amendment thing. really is about the Army Reserves, not about somebody's right to own a gun. You yes, know, yes, like yeah, that every Joe Schmo walking into Walmart with a pistol on sight is not a well-regulated militia, not no. by stretch of anyone's imagination. No, I mean really, like that that. Um, it really is the equivalent of an army reserves is what it is now, right? That, it, that occasionally regular citizens will be called up who are trained, who are certified, who mm -hmm. are, you know, blah, 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 blah. That's, we have those. It's the coast guard and the army reserve. <laughs> like yeah. that's where that exists. Exactly. And also yeah. let's not forget that well-regulated word. 
which no yes. doubt, no e- doubt. E- e- exactly. You mean you can't exactly. get a few buddies and make a plot to uh, kidnap a governor, and that's not okay? Mm-hmm. That doesn't fit within that clause. I don't know why well, didn't you I go ask our Amar Arbery's killers how that went for them. Seriously, right? And and given how that governor that's what they thought they were plot turned out clear, mm-hmm. clearly no no well regulations there either right uh and, and and we just again we see these things feeling after feeling and and to your point um that Ahmad Arbery case that gave me hope too it took a yeah. while it took a while for us to get justice right we even seen uh you know drops of justice in relation to Brianna Taylor you know we mm-hmm. saw justice served with um with uh, oh my God! What am I blanking on his name? Yes, George Floyd. Right. So, yeah. so it. And again, so it's for, not everything. Nobody's claiming that it is. Right. But so for me, the guard, the guardrails have been holding up, and yeah. and yes, folks are trying to undermine the guardrails. I think, I think they will succeed to an extent, but I think that truly, when America writ large, because again, remind people, those wingnuts are in the minority in terms of numbers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They just happen to be the loudest. <laughs> right. Well, they happen to be uh, the know. loudest and some boundaries are drawn in a way that they get their votes through. But oh, it's all still not some all who's not well, who's not in the gerrymandered district. Gerrymandering, right? <laughs> you know, but nonetheless. Right, right, right. So but but again, again, most people, you know, we're not we 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 took we took Roe versus Wade for granted until it was taken away. Absolutely. Right. Right. And like, honestly, it might be the thing that rallies us back together again. It, it might be, or we might have to lose a lot more. And I, and I think, uh, honestly, I think that's where we're at. You know, I will have hope, but my hope comes on the other side of the fact that we are stubborn and we're going to have to learn, unfortunately, the hard way. And we're going to lose a lot of stuff yeah. before we finally say this madness can't continue. Yeah, I would. I so, so as we're recording this, we don't know how the elections are turning out today. When many of folks listen to this, they may already have some idea. But my word to those who are feeling some election anxiety is live in hope, but keep the bourbon handy. Yes. Cheers. And, and before I'll, I'll you start on the bourbon, if you haven't already gone and vote, please do. <laughs> yes, and please first. vote, those who are listening live. <laughs> as Brian drinks vodka. So, you know, nonetheless. (laughs) All right, friends, thank you for tuning into Pub Theology Live. You can show your love for the show by becoming a supporter on Patreon. Get access to pre and post show banter and more. Visit patreon.com slash PT Live to get started. And a big thank you to our current patrons. Listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Our top cities tuning in this week are Creekmore, North Carolina, Paul in Michigan, it's just Brian, he's just what? listening, and Chandler, Arizona. Watch us live Tuesdays on Facebook around 1 p.m. Eastern, even though it's 5 p.m. right now. You'll catch us. Send a notification. Find or create a pub theology in your town. Learn more at pubtheology.com. And until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. Go move Have a great and meeting, Shannon. Enjoy. Last one. This is it. Woo-hoo. The end is near. It's got the this. Last one. Oh my God. Y'all, you got if it. If I don't kill people tonight, it's a win. <laughs> <laughs>